Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Well, the most important thing is that all of us are, are taking the coach's vision, whether that's on the offense side of the ball, defense, special teams, what they're looking for for each player, for each position, and then going finding those guys and building a team and making sure that we keep some of our players together. we got a bunch of young guys coming up. We extended Zach Ertz this week. Um, hopefully looking forward to extending a couple of other guys here before the offseason is over. And then keeping some of our veteran players as well. So just adding good players and giving those guys the tools and the toolbox to go out and win football games. Is uh, BGN Radio number one fifty three, powered by Clippit. That's C L I P P I T. Welcome aboard, everybody. For everybody joining us on the Mixler dot com. I know that was a weird intro. I was getting all those weird echo bunnies in my ear. But we thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, we have got a ton to cover this evening. If you're listening to us live, and if, obviously if you're listening to us on the replay, we always appreciate that too. Whether you're there on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, please go out, rate, subscribe, review. It helps us grow the podcast and uh, you know make us have beautiful, beautiful things like Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton, who's uh, not sleeping, has typed 20 articles today. I think all told, uh, BleedingGreenNation.com has dropped 27. Is that right? 27 articles, BLG? I lost track, John. It could be 30. It could be 50. Uh, who knows at this point? Welcome. Uh, yeah, welcome uh, to the show, my friend. We're, we're, we're happy to have you back. Uh, before we get into anything, we do have to announce that along with PhillyInfluencer.com, we've teased it. We've talked about it. There will be a draft party April 28th at Nick's Roast Beef in South Philly. So we, we're going to have a, a, a bunch of uh, d- d- details that are going to come out later this week once free agency kind of slows down. 
even, I might even throw this out there, maybe even some Eagles tickets to give away to the home opener for this mm-hmm. season. So we'll be doing a lot of that, a ton of giveaways uh, and a lot more. Sean Brace, our good friend, is going to be joining us there too. But Brandon, let's get right into the meat of this thing, my friend. The, uh, the biggest thing of the day, obviously, was the fact that the Eagles and Howie Roseman pulled a rabbit out of his hat and somehow convinced the Miami Dolphins to switch from 13 to 18 by simply just giving up Kiko Alonso, Byron Maxwell, dumping some money in there. Yeah, some might say maybe that you're letting go of Kiko too uh, too fast, but if you're if you're trading up five spots for giving up those two players, I think that's a no-brainer move. Obviously, I had heard that they, there might have been even more, and I heard Adam Schefter say the same thing this morning. That didn't come around. I don't care. I'm very happy with the result of this. How about you, BLJ? Yeah, it's a, it's easily a, a win for the Eagles here. I mean, Byron Maxwell was overpaid. I think some of his struggles might have been, you know, overplayed. Uh, yeah, he he wasn't as bad probably as detractors made him out to be last season. But he wasn't, you know, anywhere near where making the money that he was getting paid. So you know, you unload him, you save cap space there. Uh, Kiko Alonso, yeah, I think the some people are concerned that he, you know, he might go on to be good or something, but. You know, look, he was really, really, really bad last year, and and maybe yeah. he can rebound. Uh, but you know, the injury history is still a concern there. So you know, you're, you're trying to 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 worry about that too. And then I, I just don't think Jim Schwartz likes him. I think uh, I don't know if you <laughs> neither saw do it. I. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a, that I think a note from Roster Watch on Twitter that uh, said something about like. Jim Schwartz thought his head was filled with rocks or something. Just, just, and there's kind of been that reputation or that stigma out there that Kiko isn't necessarily the most cerebral player. I mean, he's really talented athletically. He's, he's a, he, he has a lot of talent, but I don't know if he's really going to put it all together. So for the Eagles to, to get rid of that, and, and obviously, you know, those were Chip Kelly guys. That's another factor here. I mean, I, I don't think Howie was really just getting rid of Chip's guys in spite, but, you know, when you're not, having the guy who brought you into the organization, that's always a factor. So to, to, to get rid of those guys and to move up to, to number eight, I mean, there's just so many more options now, I feel like, at that spot. Yeah, I get, I get so excited about thinking about the possibilities. And we'll get into the other the reasons why, obviously, I don't think it's going to be quarterback. Unless San Francisco doesn't go golf, that still kind of scares me just a tiny bit that they will kind of ramp up and do that. Uh, we've also heard that they might not be done at quarterback. Uh, obviously, they signed Chase Daniel. We're going to get into that in a little bit here, too. But you're right, BLG. The, just the possibilities alone, like, I start salivating. I know that Jay Howell here in the chat room, Jay Howell 3, who's brought up an interesting point, and I think we've all talked about it all day long, is the fact that now that's pretty much, you know, 13 might have been hard to get Zeke there, but Ezekiel Elliott at 8 is in range. And if you can't get him at 8, you can probably trade up and get him at five six seven if you really want to go that route and I know there might be some people that would be upset I mean hell you know Todd Gurley endorsed him this week anyway too I mean he can he that so that part of it makes me excited the fact that you might be around Miles Jack range and and the other guys that are here on defense and the other people that you're they're kind of implementing in here Miles Jack would fit perfectly in this defense now that you need a need at linebacker and you know some of these things have, are starting to shift around. So all the uh, all the tape I pretty much watched. So, so about half of it I could throw in the garbage at least for the first round because it, it's very interesting. BLG, do you want them to go one way or the other here? Are you are you happy with 
I mean, it, it, basically to me it just says it's a bigger pool that they get to choose from. It's a bigger pool of talent yeah. that they get to choose from, and you're going to be happy with pretty much anything they do. But is there anything specific there that you think they should pull the trigger on? Uh, I, don't, I don't think anything specific. With me, you know, I always give the boring answer. It, it depends how the board plays out, but it's true. You know, I got to see. I got to see what's <laughs> on the board. Though. I mean, like I got to know what's there, and uh, there's going to be good players there. So I don't think they really have to move either way. I think you know if if they're not in love and they want to. I know some people have suggested that. I'm not crazy about it. The idea of trading down. You know, to recoup the all-important second-round pick, oh. or or it's it's a launching pad if they even want to get higher because you know they could they could bump up a couple spots higher and they they I think they already have nine picks, so they have ammo to move either direction if they want. Uh, there really isn't anyone specific there. I will say Elliot is interesting there. Uh, we, we brought this up I think a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I brought up how people were just mad at me for, for even suggesting that at 13. And and really not a lot has changed. I mean, obviously Murray is gone, but, like, he wasn't a long-term piece anyway, probably. And, you know, uh, according to Adam Schefter, the Eagles are keeping Ryan Matthews. You know, there, was, there were reports earlier this week that they, they were looking to trade him that Schefter denied that. So we're assuming he's sticking around, but he could be gone next year. I uh, could save $4 million by cutting him, and he's still injury-prone and things like that. And Darren Sproles, you know, free agent after the season. He'll be 34 after this season. So running back still a big need. And, you know, people are talking about, oh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, not a, not a good pick in the first round because they, you know, they see he's a running back and people aren't crazy about the idea of running back in the first round. But, I mean, this guy's a special talent. And I thought this since last year when I thought he was actually eligible for the draft when I was watching him in the, in, in the, uh, the, in the, champi- the championship uh, against, against Oregon. Oregon, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh man, Eagles should draft that guy, and everyone's like, oh wait, you know, he's not eligible yet. So, so I've I've liked this guy for a while, uh, but like I said, John, there's, there's a lot of options there, and I think that's the best thing. Yeah, I know uh, some people have mentioned Ramsey, Hargraves, the, those guys that could be around there. Mm-hmm. I am, that's I think that's the only two things I I would rather avoid there. Uh, I I know that Howie, and that's been said already, but I know Howie's very much up on the Florida guys. You know, it's probably why Jalen Watkins is still going to be hanging around this year. I would assume, or is he cut? Is he done this year? I, He's I can't still around. Okay, yeah. So I, I just think that that would, I'd like their talent. I think that's too much of a gamble there. I, I'm still much on Miles Jack, Zeke, um, somebody there. You know, I, I don't, I don't want them to trade down from eight either. And all my suspicions say that that's to get them in range of something. And maybe they don't know either. You know, maybe they got to see how this thing plays out. And maybe if Wentz or whoever drops down there, although I think Cleveland's pretty locked in uh, on that, that's where that's going to go. I don't – I'm very curious because I look at the teams now in front of the Eagles. I don't see a lot of guys going Ezekiel Elliott. I don't. I think everybody's pretty much okay there. Uh, well, let's get – we'll get into more of that, obviously. And, uh, we're going to have Ben on next week. We can – I mean, this changes a lot of things. It really does. I know it's only five spots, but – this is very, very significant. And now, more or less, um, I think you're going to be able to come in here and that second-round pick's not going to matter with the next the next case here, and that's Murray swapping the force. We don't exactly know where that's uh, that's going to be here, but I'm just surprised. I mean, that's kind of the deal that we all expected, conditional, something else. I think it was a pretty smart move just to swap force. I think these both of these swap picks are, are easy wins, again, for the Eagles here, BLG. Easily. I mean, getting rid of Murray at any cost and, and meaning in a trade and not having to, to cut him and, 
accelerate the dead man money and things like that. I mean, clearly this guy wasn't happy in Philadelphia. And <laughs> I, I just think that's funny because, like, you know, if Murray isn't happy in Philadelphia, I mean, imagine how the Eagles feel about him. I mean, he was so bad last year, John. He was terrible. I mean, well, what is Tennessee doing with them? Like, who even for that, who, who gives a knows? shit? Why would you want to do that? You have so much range with your picks. Like, why wouldn't you want to go Zeke at one, you know, or trade back know. down? Like, there's there's millions of no, millions. There's 31 other teams in the first round that I'm sure would love to have that spot, and you can pretty much do anything with it. I have no idea. He just you turn on the tape, and I, again, he just looks slow. You know, people get caught up in scheme and and how you know the offensive line wasn't good, and those things are partially true. But, like, at no point, like, at any point, maybe one game in the season where Murray had a good game. I think it was the first Giants game. We bring it up all the time. But, like, at no other point did he actually look good. He just looked slow. The effort wasn't there. I mean, it, it's, it was ugly all year. And, you know, it's funny, too, because this is a spot where his best buddy, apparently, you know, Sam Bradford, <laughs> is on the team. Not He's good not enough, apparently. Then. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, this, this, this was a mess. And... You know, we should have seen it coming, obviously. He he came off that huge workload in Dallas, and running backs just don't recover from that very often. I, I you know, I just I have no idea what Tennessee is thinking. For for the Eagles to get anything here, even if they got like a seventh, that would be a win. To to trade up this many spots, fourteen or, or thirteen or eleven or so, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. It's a win. Easy. Yeah, and there's there's a ton to like about both of these deals. Like I don't think you could be upset one way or the other we want to get into chase daniel we want to get into some other stuff too if you're out there right now live you want to call in 267-245-6066 as i see my man Stephen lee down there in florida checking in Stephen lee what's going on this uh, this evening my friend how are you what's up fellas how you doing i'm good man what's uh what's new in your neck of the woods how you feeling about these uh these first two trades of the day here I'm I'm feeling pretty good i actually wanted to call in and john you touched on this the other day about uh uh, a nasty, uh, you know, a team that you want other players to say, these guys should be ejected. A defense that has an <laughs> attitude, yeah. guys that are just going to rip your fucking head off. And I think two guys that we picked up, Rodney McLeod and Nigel Bradham, definitely fit that mold. Um, watching some of their tape, I mean, they, they look like some headbangers. So I'm really excited about those moves. Obviously, the trades were awesome. I can't believe we, we pulled that off with Miami. And everybody's freaking out about the Chase Daniel deal. I really don't think it's a big deal, but uh, you know, I think it's I think a little bit significant. I think it's a little bit significant there, Stephen. That I, I, we appreciate. You, you What's that? Go ahead, bud. Well, you, you don't think that perhaps that they might not be wanting to commit to Bradford for a long term as a starter, but you, you're bringing him in. You can at least get a guy that you're comfortable with. He's a backup. Yeah, but maybe he's the British quarterback next year. At least you have him locked up because apparently six other teams were after him. Yeah, well, yeah, we know we appreciate the call, Stephen. Let's talk about that, BLG, uh, because, yeah, I mean, first of all, Chase Daniel, I think we all, I mean, from from since Doug Peterson has been named head coach, that was kind of the, he was going to be here, regardless, I think, of whether Bradford was or not. And you heard all the reports today saying, like, yeah, Chase Daniels and and Doug oh, Peterson. It, should, John. What's that? said Chase Daniels. Ah, uh, see, I pluralized it. I keep doing it, and I've spelled it that way, too. I know that uh, Juan's called me out for doing that, too. Listen, the bell's too hard. It has been cracked wide open, so mm. who knows what I'm going to mispronounce next. But 
yes, I mean, they, they have a love affair together. At least Doug Peterson really likes this guy. Obviously, I think you're going to see this a lot with any new head coach, just like you saw Thad Lewis get signed by the 49ers this week. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's familiarity. But there's something here, too. I don't think – I think people re- might read into it too strong, but there's something there. I mean, you look at Bradford's deal, and it's not, it has nothing to do with this year, obviously, unless Bradford gets hurt, which is always a possibility, and we'll talk about that for probably ever. But I, I, Bradford's fate was pretty much signed when he signed that deal because that's just saying, we don't have faith in you. It's a one-year deal. You're probably going to be cut next year unless you really show us something. And then you have a guy now coming in at three years – Twelve million guaranteed. Uh, I thirty six maximum value, which is yeah, which is like backup. You could be starter money. So if there is any inkling here of, yeah, or Bradford struggling, Bradford get hurt. I I, I just I don't. The the only other thing is yeah, I I understand the bridge quarterback there, and that means whatever the next season you're going to take your chances at another quarterback in this draft, which. Um, obviously, uh, they're going to be taking one, you know, in this draft too, and I think they're going to be taking it a little later now. But they could surprise us all. But I don't know, man. Like, I just don't like if Bradford doesn't work out. I don't want to settle up next to Chase Daniels for the next two years either. I did. You I don't clear? have to. Yeah, you don't right. have to. All I mean, right. You can get out of that deal. You know, it's not like they. There's a. There's so much guaranteed money there. I just think it's. I think it's a reasonable backup plan to have. You know, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you Chase Daniel is some is some great thing, but uh, I did watch some of those Chargers games. I remember watching them live back when they were happening, and he was playing. And I, I've seen some of the preseason numbers. Again, I'm not trying to say that he's going to be this great thing. I, I think there's a much greater chance he is not good than there is a chance that he is good. <laughs> but I'm, not the I'm way playing. you were talking in the text thread today. Well, I'm, I'm just oh, yeah. oh, we, we can't say that. I mean, you, you can't uh, revoke or, or can't. Uh, yeah, that was a little too, a little behind the, text, the curtain. I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry. But no, I mean, I, I think he can be good. Yeah. Okay, Juan. Juan's trying to call me out in the chat here. Um, I, I just think it's an interesting deal because you know I think there are a lot of people who thought Bradford was the guy and even though he's on the, the one-year deal you know but that, that clearly isn't the case I, I do think this will be somewhat of a legitimate competition I don't think it's last year where uh, Bradford and Sanchez were in a quote-unquote competition I mean that wasn't a competition like Sanchez barely got any starting reps I think uh, that's going to be the real thing here we'll see if they if they do split the reps then yeah it's a real competition if not you know then it's probably Bradford's show this year and and we'll see how he does and if he sinks or swims. And then, obviously, you brought it up already. The injury concern is always going to be there. So if that happens, I mean, you have to have a guy ready. And at the very least, I think, Daniel, you know, there is value to adding him as a guy in the quarterback room because he does know the scheme and things like that. He'll be able to talk to the rookie who they I think they'll draft or, you know, help Sam out. Uh, I think there's value to that. I mean, it's a lot of money, but – yeah, have said it all along. You can't put all your eggs in Bradford. So I think, no, you know, I, and optionality is great. I just think the you yeah. know, like anything, nobody's going to be really happy with the options that are there now. But no. you know, you, you can't really argue a guy that's been in, in well, supposedly been in the system for a while now, or at least something very similar. Likes likes the way he works, knows the way he works. You know, there's the backup backup thing happening there. So you know, it I I, I get it. it it's just. I don't know. I, I, it makes me a, a tiny bit worried that 
they gave they it seems they have more faith at least in this contract uh it, it, than they do with uh, with Bradford but uh, you know and interesting enough i think uh, this also happened today it was confirmed by somebody that they are having an official visit with Dak Prescott which also was slightly surprising to me i like Dak a lot i think he's a good guy to kind of develop there if he can learn how to you know shorten his range and i know that sounds very Tebow-esque and he gets compared to Tebow a lot but i'm still a pretty big uh, Dak Prescott fan uh, in the later rounds, uh, late day two, early day three, somewhere around there. So it should, should be interesting. Please, God, just draft your Jacoby Brissett, though, because, I, I I mean, that kid just has something better than I think uh, Dak does. So, I, I, again, I think it's still the same process here. I wouldn't even mind doing it. I, I don't think I've really changed my opinion on it. You need to draft two quarterbacks here. If you're not yeah, going to take one, one early, yeah, at least one. I think that's definitely going to happen. But I, I think you should draft two and just kind of see how it goes here, which leads us to – we are now at the too many quarterbacks scenario. If I'm counting my numbers correctly, when and where do you expect uh, Mark Sanchez to go here, BLG? I mean, like, I don't want an exact prediction or anything, but uh, is this going to be post-draft, you think? I think we had that going in here. I'm starting to think otherwise now that this might get done a little earlier than later. No, I think way, I think soon. I mean, maybe as soon as tomorrow. I don't know anything. I'm not giving you any inside info here, but I, I think – uh, it's clear he's on the outs, and I think you look around the league. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Brock Osweiler is in Houston. Denver look at the has... money that he got today. <laughs> Jesus Christ! If this—that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand that teams weren't interested in Bradford, but Brock Osweiler. What was his guarantee? Thirty-six million or something like know. that. It was, it was, it was insane. Seventy-two million with the big boy paper. You know, whatever the the cap that you can always change it. Yeah, but it, quite ridiculous. And now Denver doesn't even have a quarterback. <laughs> they, have, yeah. they have no quarterback, so we'll see RG3 and and uh, Kaepernick have been linked there. But if Kaepernick goes there, guess which team is going <laughs> to need a quarterback? And guess which team uh, has a head coach that used to be the head coach of Mark Sanchez, the 49ers? Yeah, That's right. I think, I think, you know, I said it with Bradford a lot before the Eagles signed him. You know, I thought they might be in play there. Uh, I think, you know, Sanchez could be, be in play for San Francisco. Uh, sorry, I was <laughs> I myself muted there for a second. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that that's that's a possibility. Um, I did. Yeah. RG3 Mark Sanchez combo kind of looks a little funky donkey. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there could be there could be something going on there for sure. And I just I'll say this real quick. You know, I think the fact that they haven't cut him yet because he's such an obvious cut, I think feels like there's something, there's some kind of market working for him. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. So they're bringing it up in the chat room, too. I don't know if there's, what is the Buffalo's quarterback depth right now? Uh, because I think they, I think there's a possibility that EJ Manu could get cut, too, right? I mean, they, he's been on the outs, I think. Possibly. Uh, yeah. There will always be options, I think, for, uh, backups there. Obviously, it's not going to be Arizona where Drew Stanton is still is still the backup, and they paid him to do so. So, uh, God bless Matt Barkley, that, that boring son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, that uh, it, I think that gets done sooner than later, and we'll just have to keep our eyes on it. We were mentioning defense. We were mentioning all this time. Actually, I, I tell you what. Before we get to that, um, something pretty big happened today. Uh, speaking of all these. You know, Chiefs, uh, things that have been happening, These all these links. We've been talking about Chase Daniel. We've been talking about a lot of other things. Kansas City Chiefs are getting nailed here. Uh, if you go back to last offseason, 
it's was one of the huge talking points of Chip Kelly and him not being able to resign Jeremy Macklin, but it looks like there was even more of a reason why, as they're going to lose their third and sixth round picks this year. I haven't read the entire story here, BLG. So can you give us a, like a summary of what exactly happened and why they're getting dinged for this year? Well, you're allowed to, as a player, um, you're not allowed to talk to teams in legal tampering period. You know, that, that three-day window, as it was last year, two-day this year, you're not allowed to talk to any teams, but your agent is allowed to talk to teams. So it seems like Macklin himself was in contact with Andy Reid, with uh, the GM over there. Uh, John Dorsey. So that's a big no-no. And to me, it's ridiculous that the Eagles aren't getting some kind of compensation in return. Because, yes. I mean, look, I mean, Dave Mangles brought up a good point to me because I, I was asking them, I was like, is there anything I'm missing here why this would be, it wouldn't make sense for the Eagles to get picks back? And he kind of brought up how it could be viewed as collusion because it could kind of be like a workaround around a sign-in trade where, you know, like, where like, somehow it would be known that the Eagles get those picks or some kind of weird thing like that. But, I mean, the, the general idea to me is the Eagles wanted Jeremy Macklin, and the Chiefs at some juncture made it harder for them to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So they got him, and the Eagles didn't, and then the Eagles get nothing. So they not only did the Eagles lose the player, they also – don't they were put at a disadvantage and there was no kind of sympathy for them. It's just kind of like the NFL is like, oh, well, sorry, you lost your guy, and yeah, that's too bad. Like, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, and that was, again, like, man, if the NFL – because how often does the NFL or Troy Vincent come out and say, okay, yeah, no, you really can't do that. You, we, we've had several days of legal tampering. You've had everything under the sun of – you have the combine where you're talking to the agents – constantly where you're trying to set up meetings with all these guys constantly like you really have to be bad at this thing for for you to get a penalty of it and once corrected me again so thank you uh it is actually a 2017 six round pick and a this year third round pick regardless that's weird that that other team doesn't get compensation blg i and they have in the past there there's been situations like this where i think the nfl has had teams switch picks i guess the weird thing there is that uh, you know, the Eagles are ahead of the Chiefs in the draft order. I wonder if that situation was reversed, if the Eagles, you know, they would switch some of those picks like that. But I feel like they should still do something. I mean, come on. like yeah. <laughs> So you're just saying it's okay to interfere with a player and then, you know, that team doesn't get any kind of compensation in return. I think that's crazy to me. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty nuts. And AJ's has, in there asking, like, well, what about if there were other teams that are interested, should they get compensated too? No, because Macklin didn't talk to those people. Macklin didn't talk directly to Andy Reid, or Macklin didn't talk, or he did talk directly to Andy Reid. He didn't directly talk to like, I don't know, Todd Bowles or whoever the hell else was out there. I think there was a lot of going back and forth, and you just you just can't do that. Anyway, uh, moving on uh, from all that, we just thought that was very interesting, and everybody gave you know, just is still giving Chip Kelly a lot of shit on that, and uh, you know whatever. Moving on, uh, yeah. So I want to get back to the defense because. One, uh, it looks like that there are obviously a ton of Buffalo Bills here. Rod Brooks, yeah, Nigel Brand, uh, Braidham. Uh, Ron, Ron Brooks, by the way, dreads alert. So uh, you know, BLG was basically described because I don't really know much about him. But uh, EJ Biggers, uh, who's a little better. I think that's okay. So that means <laughs> it's a, it's a guy that can play the slot, a guy that can play, is a, a big special teamer. Uh, Brad Ham's the, kind of the, the same way there. Um, but, uh, you know, they signed McLeod and – 
for the last couple of weeks, I had been championing Sean Davis. And, you know, hopefully that can mean, you know, Thurman gets re-signed and he can play corner at depth. Then you can't have a banger in there, one of those strong safety guys. But that's exactly what McLeod is. And, like, if you go watch any of his tape, I mean, his coverage skills, whatever, they're okay. But as a box safety, as a guy that just likes to hit, I'm very excited with what they're putting together. Between him and McKelvin, who also took a shot at Chip Kelly, which I also thought was very fun, in his opening press conference. So that made him, uh, everybody love him kind of instantly as he was talking about the vanilla plays and uh, being able to jump on Brett Selleck's you know, back for that uh, interception that really was an interception and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, just the mold of all of this, first of all, just your impressions on that, BLG, because I get – it just it, – I keep getting more and more excited about the potential of what this defense can be and just putting Jim Schwartz on here and putting that kind of bow on it. That's where this team's going to run through. I think you're going to see the switch of these guys are going to be nasty. They might be a 7-9 and nine nasty, but – uh, regardless, I just think they're they're finally putting pieces where they need to go here. A lot, all of these make sense because of their needs. I'm glad they're doing it in free agency rather than the draft. But what do you think of these guys here? I think you know I, I posted some of these these uh, videos on Twitter. I mean, McLeod blowing up Emmanuel Sanders and and Brad M with a big hit. I think on Travis Benjamin it was back when he was at uh, Florida State. I mean, these guys can hit. I mean, these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for as much as we make fun, I guess of you know like the uh, the nastiness as uh, as much as Matt was probably cringing <laughs> yes. at this right now. Uh, it's true though. I mean, Jim Schwartz's defenses play with an attitude. I think he wants that, and that, they're bringing in players like that. And I think it's 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 good. I think you guys even talked about it in one of the the most recent shows. You know, yep. This team needs a defensive identity, and I, I think it's it's good it's good for them to have a mean, nasty. Uh, identity, and I think that's what they will have under Jim Schwartz. I think that's the kind of players they brought in here. And as, as far as specific players go, I think McLeod, you know, makes a lot of sense from uh, the standpoint that the Eagles actually just needed a safety. I mean, they they did they did not have one. No, uh, with, yeah, they needed one with Walter Thurman being on the out and not actually really even being a safety. Yeah, and, and it's and it's something that actually, you know, we didn't really touch on in the beginning when we were talking about Maxwell and things and look, look, that's that's pretty significant. Like when you when you trade that out and granted I would still do it because of where it puts you in the draft here, but um, you know, there really is only Eric Rowe now. And yeah. I think he could be a number one corner for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. but there there's there's nothing else, else? Yeah. really <laughs> on that side. So you're just like, well, well, okay, and that that's what scares me about trying to go after Ramsey or trying to go after Hargraves or trying to go after some of those guys early. I like those guys, and I think this is still a pretty decent CB class, but yo, you know, that's I, I think that's a big a, a big faith jump. In, and look, just like you were talking about, Byron Maxwell, as, as probably okay as he can play off corner, which was, the, by the way, we didn't get into that. How weird was that all back and forth in the beginning of this thing where it's like, oh, my God, the deal's not going to go down now because he oh told the Eagles gosh. he was fine, and then he told the, the the Dolphins that he couldn't do push-ups or bench press or anything. You're like, oh, my God. Uh, and I and I think, you know, where, whether those were really uh, all 100% true or not, that I think that gave everybody the creeps here. But, yeah, BLG, I mean, there's, no, there's, not, there's not a lot going on on that right side. So, obviously, this means that, Eric Rowe, despite maybe these people uh, for the last three weeks that have been, yeah, maybe moving to safety, this definitely locks him in there. But 
what are the chances that they land even let's just say a number two CB in the draft right away? I mean, that's that's such a that's something that the Eagles forget Howie Roseman. That's something the Eagles haven't done until last year, at least we think until last year, mm-hmm. uh, since you know the, the Andy's regime was pretty much done. They never replaced Lido, and they and then and that was it. So. What what are the chances that they have another guy that is very complimentary to Eric Rowe on the other side here? I think you're forgetting about Namdi, John. Well, pardon me. I, lest we forget as we uh, hopefully celebrate by eating uh, our our lunch in our cars tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, the, I just I I don't see I don't see anybody that really sticks out. It's like okay, yeah, this is this is definitely a guy that can come in there and play because even Rowe couldn't really do that immediately. He he struggled. Like people will struggle to yeah. do this. Unless you have found the guy, so I, I I don't see the guy in this draft, and it's it's really worrisome uh, it's to kind of assume that they're going to find one here. But do you have any other thoughts on that? Well, that's why I I don't think they're at that point where they are assuming they're banking on that because I think that's exactly why you bring in uh, McKelvin, Leotis McKelvin. I think you know he's at least or uh, he can be a stopgap guy, and then Ron Brooks probably not a starter, but you know depth guy. Maybe if he plays well, he'll have the chance to uh, start and things like that. I think he has like something like uh, he's a decent amount of, of uh, incentive money. If he starts, becomes a starter or something like that. So I think they have enough bodies here, I guess, between McKelvin and Brooks and, you know, who knows, maybe they're not done adding. It's kind of hard because I, I don't know exactly if McKelvin fits in as a starter. He's, they're paying him what? 6.2 million over two years. That's not like, that, that seems like it's more than backup money, but it's not like, you know, like guaranteed starter money. Yeah, so, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how they worked out out with those guys. But I, I don't think they necessarily have to force the pick. I think they would they would like to take a cornerback if that guy's there. If that guy's there, they can, and they have the luxury of doing that. But I don't think they necessarily have to. And I do think Rowe is going to be good on the, on that point. I do think you know he showed a lot of promise down the stretch at the end of the season. And Corey Unlin said it last year. I think in right before OTAs that you know they they feel he can be a top cornerback in this league. So I don't think safe, a move to safety was ever really even considered. Yeah, um, and thank God that it wasn't because you know right after that Jets game that pretty that pretty much changed everybody's mind. Or at least hopefully it changed everybody's mind there. But so this is this is what I this is what I see too with this right now. And we have and we'll touch on Brandon Brooks here in a second. But I, I just feel like look I, we we made jokes about. Kelly and the Oregon bias, right? And now there's a ton of guys from that used to play for the Buffalo Bills that used to play for shorts that are here. So I think here's what I think, BLG. I think it's two two separate things. Of it's a good thing that Howie is listening to the, his coaches because obviously these guys are pretty much handpicked. That's a lot of power for a defensive coordinator in my mind. So we're we're looking at that, and I, I again I think that's good and bad some in some places. You can obviously tell that Doug Peterson has a, a ton to say with some of the guys and targets and everything that's coming in here. So what exactly is this the same thing that they did last year, or am I looking at this funky? Because it, this this sounds like it's going by the coaches and not by the GM. Like it's going by... Well, who is the GM? There's no. Yeah, technically, there is no GM here, and I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a. This is not a knock here. I'm just trying to look at this thing and going. Okay, I like what we've done here. I like that people are listening. 
But isn't this kind of the same thing that happened last year minus, well, most of the value here? I see where you're coming from with that, but I have a few thoughts. First of all, I think it's – I think – commonplace around the NFL and any team is that I think position coaches and coordinators have a little bit more say than we think they might. I think uh, you look at some of these rumored sign- signings, like I think uh, Janoris Jenkins with the Giants, by the way, if you want to make fun of that. Yeah, Jesus, John, now please do. Time. Oh my but, God. Um, uh, I think they have like some kind of coach on their staff who was with them there. So you have things like that where, you know, we, we, we brought it up earlier in the show, you have that familiarity with guys and, and people know each other. So I think connections like that are always bound to happen. I never think you have a situation where you just have like a GM just, you know, picking guys that the coach is just totally good. Like, like the coach just shows up one day at his office and he has all these new players and he's like, all right, well, I'm going to coach them. No, I mean, I think, you know, any any kind of coach has some kind of say, uh, the other thing is that um, we don't know. Like the Eagles are in a weird spot right now because I just said like they don't have a GM and apparently they're going to hire a personnel guy after the draft. So that would almost make sense that you would have to rely more on the coaches now if you really don't have that personnel guy because I mean who else are you? Who else is the guy? I mean obviously Howie Roseman has a lot of say here. You know we can't fool ourselves and, and say he doesn't. You know he he picked Doug Peterson or at least had a big part in that. Uh, so, and, and all trickles down from there. Uh, it, it's just a, a weird spot because they don't have that personnel guy. And I, I, there's no clear answer. I think, yeah, I see what you're saying when, you know, chip was in charge, but I think, I think there's more voices involved now. As <laughs> Now I'm sounding exactly like a brainwashed, uh, <laughs> like Jeffrey Lurie, the collaborative effort, the collaborative effort. but, but I think it's true. I think there is more of that now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like, I don't. I'm not saying that and being like, oh, this offseason has been terrible. I'm just saying it's pretty much it's pretty much the same operation as it is now, minus whoever they want to bring in on the VP side of personnel, which is fine by now. I would rather have I don't know. I don't know. It, to me, it all comes to like these things I think are great. And let's to, uh, and I'll I have a finishing piece on this. We're running out of of some time here, but we got plenty of time. So two things. Let's let's do this first. the The chat room is is buzzing, and I know that. Uh, I think it's. I think he even said it himself. Brandon Boykins come up w- again. One, I think it would be kind of funny uh, if, for trading him for a fifth rounder and then bringing him back in as a free agent as depth. Uh, obviously, there's still uh, Jacoby Shepard or uh, Jacory Shepard that you have to worry. Uh, you know, uh, test out. Got to see what Randall Evans can do. Whether you want to keep him on the practice squad or not. Uh, but are you interested in bringing back Brandon Boykin at all? Yeah, I, I like Boykin a lot. I just don't think it's realistic at this point. You know, I think they signed two cornerbacks already. I don't know if they're really going to be looking to bring him back. He did say, for what it's worth, Brandon Boykin said in a Sports Illustrated interview yeah, that he's, he's, okay. he's willing to come back to Philly. So we'll see. I mean, I, I thought Boykin was a, a good player, but um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, so that's – that's. Yeah, I think we can roll out. I'll call him Boykin's. So we can keep on the uh, the mm-hmm. <laughs> the methods of the Chase Daniels and the Boykins, but yeah, yeah, I don't think it's really that realistic either. Although I do think it would be pretty funny if that happened. Let's talk about Brandon Brooks for a second. I think this was a necessary thing to do. Again, that's kind of how I feel about most of this stuff, except for uh, you know the two trades that they had there. Brandon Brooks is an interesting case to me because you know he really had some moments in Houston where he shined. Uh, and was you know considered almost like an all-pro at some point. Dipped a little bit back last year. Texans were fine on letting him go, which should probably tell you some things too, but 
hey, at least it's a Guardy McBeef. But the Texans were also okay with giving uh, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so. it shouldn't be the complete litmus test there. But in, in, with every free agent, of, of course, that always kind of comes through. And you're just like, okay, but why did they let him go in the first place? So he's been kind of up and down here. But, again, I think it was very necessary to do. At least you don't have to shuffle around freaking. You don't have to look at Barber. You probably don't have to look at Tobin this year. I think everybody would is perfectly fine with that. And more importantly to me, just like I said at the top of the show, this means that you don't have to go and reach for, you know, a white hair or whoever's there or the kid from Stanford or anything like that that you would really necessarily, you know, might might be stuck on if you don't do this thing. But you have any thoughts on Brandon Brooks there, Brandon? Because I, I, I think it was I, more or less I look at this. It's a necessary move. And a, I, I, I would call it a definite upgrade from what's here now. Two words, John. Guardy McBeef. <laughs> Guardy McBeef. Seriously, that's pretty much who he is. I mean, this guy is huge. He's a he's a big man. It's like something like six six, uh, three forty five, something around that. He's he's a big person. But uh, yeah, the Eagles needed they need two guards. Honestly, they they need not a two guard. Not we're not the Sixers here, but they they need <laughs> two different starting guards. And you know that's the easy answer at the right guard spot where he has a ton of experience. He's he stayed healthy knock on wood, for most of his career. So I think, you know, it's just an easy plug-in guy. Other guard spot, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that, I guess. You know, they still have some money to spend. I don't think they're going to go out and spend on another top guard or anything. They could bring in a lower guy. You could uh, have some of your guys now, like Gardner or whoever, kind of compete for that job. You probably bring in a rookie, too, at some point there. But, you know, the offensive line is better with Brandon Brooks on it, especially from what it was last year. So, overall... It's, it's, it might be high money wise. I don't think we've seen the full guarantee, or at least I haven't yet. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's it's really a no brainer signing. They had to do it. They had to get a just like last year, where they had to get a cornerback because they just they didn't have any cornerbacks. Like they needed to get a guard, and they got him. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I guess just overall, I guess we'll kind of just wrap it up here, BLG, because I, I I just think that this has been uh, I I don't know where to call it. I don't know what to call it. I think it's been strong but i'm not like convinced that everything else is basically it doesn't really matter for me the offseason has come down to those two trades so i'm pretty much happy with anything else like i think overall you have to from day one of official free agency as an eagles fan you got to be pretty happy here Uh, as we've noticed that yeah you really shouldn't like be overly excited because we know how off seasons go we know how preseasons go and if you're winning free agency it usually means you're not gonna have that great of a year but hey at least you're not paying uh paying freaking chris ivory six million dollars a year down in jacksonville uh but uh you know overall i think this was a very strong step at least to get into the mindset of what is here uh, listening to the coaches that are here to me that it's still going to come down to the two things of how this draft is going to go because that's still the thing that worries me the most about how this situation is and where it's constructed now. And two, we don't know if Doug Peterson can coach yet. We have no idea. <laughs> that's kind so, of a big factor. Yeah, yeah, so that's a huge factor. And it all, it, everything comes down to playing on Sundays as it always does. But the, at least the direction of this right now should make you feel pretty good as an Eagles fan and you just kind of kind of wait and see with everything else. But what are what are your thoughts on – just this first day of free agency opening here, bud. 
I think you have to give Howie Roseman credit. You know, I, I've criticized Howie Roseman a lot, but I think this is exactly what he does well. He, he does well with contracts. The Eagles haven't given out any kind of ridiculous contracts to, to players like they did so much last year. Uh, they've, they've, they got good value with the trades and things like that. And for Howie to even be able to, to make some of those trades happen, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit. My only question marks with him are still like the big picture things, getting that quarterback, uh, being able to, to, you know, make the most of your draft picks, by getting good players. You know, these are the question marks I think that we have, with, at least I have with him still. So moving forward, you know, those are the things I'm looking looking to see how those play out. And, you know, I mean, for as much as we're excited possibly about these free agent signings <laughs> at this point in the offseason, I mean, they could be terrible. Who knows? They could they could totally bust. Uh, you never know with free agency when you're, you're changing schemes and, and there's money involved and players suddenly aren't in contract years. They're coming off of making all that money so that maybe the same effort isn't there and things like that. But overall, yeah, I think you have to be encouraged. I think, uh, I think they, they did a good job of filling needs, not spending too crazy. And, uh, at this point you, you kind of just looking to fill out a couple more spots, maybe wide receiver or something here or there. And then you're looking forward to the draft. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, and speaking of which, Again, we it is official, everybody. Everybody that is listening out there now, uh, live and on the replay, it's going to be us. It's the whole BGN radio crew. It's all of phillyinfluencer.com. Some special guests that we're going to hopefully announce in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be selling T-shirts. We're going to be selling, uh, or not selling, but we're going to be giving away a lot of great stuff, including tickets to the Eagles home opener uh, whenever that's going to be, but we'll have a raffle for that. There's going to be a lot of fun prizes, a lot of swag. There's going to be beer. There's going to be food. It's all going down at Nick's Roast Beef the first night of draft night, April 28th. It's a Thursday. Mark it down on your calendars. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also want to say uh, thank you to our sponsor, Clip It. That is C-L-I-P-P-I-T. You can check them out on Twitter. It is at Clip It. Uh, TV, uh, Brandon, uh, <laughs> uh, kind of aerating the thread there with all of the bleedinggreennation.com, and you can go to that as well. But uh, I just want to talk to you about Clip It for two seconds as we're going off here, guys. It is the hottest app that is out there. I mean, it got us Chris Jones balls hanging out <laughs> during the NFL Combine. Yes, no, we haven't forgotten about it, but hey, you know, six hundred thousand views after that. It, it it really is just watching live TV in the palm of your hand. That's all it is. You're just going through. There's no more holding up the phone to the computer screen. There's no more vining on the, you know, up, up to the squiggly lined television to get those highlights. It literally is all right there. It's got the NFL network on it. They keep adding channels. Go check them out. Watch, clip, and share. It is just that easy. My final thoughts here uh, again is... Uh, Good first day, everybody. And and just like Brandon said, I've been a big critic of Howie Roseman, this whole process going through. But uh, just to echo what Brandon said, this is exact. And I don't know why people are surprised, really. I don't know why people are surprised that Howie Agreed. Roseman is good at doing deals and good at doing contracts. These are things that we all knew he could do, and he's shining again. This is why you need the stronger side, and everybody said it, from Phil Savage, who's worked with him, from everybody that's come and gone from him, even from the people that hate him and love him, Howie Roseman needs a strong player personnel guy. So this is still, I'm still waiting for that other shoe to drop. I could be completely wrong about how he approaches personnel and how he evaluates it. 
But for now, I'm I'm not even going to get into it anymore because I think this has been a very uh, an amazing two amazing trades that happened today. You got the cap money off. That's all that really matters. Everything else is just filling holes, and hopefully it pans out. There's no huge contracts here, uh, and you got some nastiness on what hopefully makes this defense very, very special. For myself, John Barcher, for Mr. Brandon Lee Gout, we want to thank everybody listening out there to uh, BGN Radio episode number 153 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Post on Friday about the draft party, and we'll see you real soon. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.